You have high standards for your craft, so you should have high standards for how you fuel your daily grind. That's why the Free Pizza Podcast is proudly sponsored by High Brew Coffee. High Brew Coffee specializes in cold brew that's less bitter and has more antioxidants, twice the caffeine, and lower sugar than your average cup of joe. Choose from over 10 delicious flavors with dairy-free, added protein, and low-calorie options, plus a portion of every sale supports direct trade farmers in Colombia. So what are you waiting for? Go to www.highbrewcoffee.com and use promo code PIZZAANDBREW for 20% off of your order of a 12-pack and get cold brew for those who do. Ship directly to your door. Free Pizza, your platform for creatives. And today we have the legend that is Dakota Patterson. What's up? Uh, <laughs> hi. <laughs> this is such a... I'm just so, I'm just so excited about this. Dude, I'm I'm happy you're happy because when I woke up this morning, I got a text from you at like cause at like seven o'clock, and I was just like, I'm at eight p.m. and you're just like, yo, I can be ready in a few minutes. I'm ready to go. I was like, whoa, I'm about to go to work. <laughs> yeah, I woke up at like six thirty, which is pretty normal for me. I woke up at like six thirty, and then I was just like, oh, and I was just like, I was just like, hey, like. I'm here, I'm ready. <laughs> and then he was like, I met PM. I went, ooh. I was like, well, I'll take some photos. But I respect that because no one ever wants to do these first thing in the morning. And this morning is my time that I thrive. So yeah, in the same. future, we'll we'll, 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 we'll we'll do that. Eight o'clock in the morning, just for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I. I love mornings. I'm literally always up early morning because especially like Shia, who's two and crazy now. Oh yes, oh the little he, one. He's insane. <laughs> so I'm always up. Yes. And he's got a habit of going, let's go at like seven. So Oh my goodness, yes. Oh the the sound in the background, can you can you mute it? Oh yep. Yeah. And we'll get this we'll get this party rolling. Boom, good. Perfect, yes. Cool, so Dakota is a photographer, writer, videographer, everything. I have a print of yours in my house. I am so hyped. Yes, I think that was a print. Was it San Francisco? Was it Golden Gate Bridge? Yes. Yes, yes. I bought that from you last year. I love that photo. Yes, and this absolutely incredible artist. I think, did we meet on Twitter or Instagram? I can't remember. Twitter. Yeah, it was Twitter. It was Twitter. I like, I like, kinda like yeah, I kind of like stalked you on Twitter, like unofficially. Um, I'm sorry for my Twitter. My Twitter is not professional at all. <laughs> I love it. Yes, but that's where we met. It's so real. Yes, it is very. I keep it raw in there. So if you're if you're listening to this, if you want my Twitter, just let me know. Anyways, um, back to you though. I want to dive into this journey because you you've had books and you're a poet and I've seen your photography and you just doing all the things. So let's go back to the very beginning to where this all started. Okay. So it first started like when I first, how I even got a camera was my friend Josh Williams. He's a photographer from Reno Valley slash Riverside. Mm-hmm. And, um, we were both like playing in bands at the time. And I was always just like, oh, you know, it'd be a cool picture. Like, and I would like just throw out all these ideas because I've always had ideas. 
and there was just one day where he just got very annoyed with me and he just <laughs> went, why don't you just get a camera? And I don't know, I still don't know if he meant it in like a upset or sarcastic way, but I said, okay. And then I went and I got a camera. Yeah, what? I had no, yeah, I went and I got a camera and I had no idea like how to actually take photos. And I just very immediately, it just felt like the camera just became my hands in a way. Yes. So like I very immediately, started taking photos and it's just been a constant going since. That's amazing. So I just started doing all these ideas that I had in my head that I was annoying all my friends with. <laughs> so I just started suing them myself. And I had no idea how to like, I didn't know like Lightroom or anything was a thing. Yeah. So I would just look for very like specific colors that I wanted to bring out and I would like focus on that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I. That is <laughs> that is incredible. I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm I'm trying to just vision you kind of like having these weird ideas. And these ideas were the ideas like with the band, or were just ideas as random landscape, portraits, and all this kind of stuff. Oh. They were just ideas in general. So a lot of my, especially like beginning like artwork, probably up until like later this year, a lot of my work was very like trauma based. So, mm. oh, did I break out? Am I good? You're good, you're good. Okay. But yeah, so they were very trauma based. So they were based on all the trauma I've been through throughout my life. So my first collection, which I did, or a series I did, within my, I think, I want to say my third week mm -hmm. of having a camera. What? And I did it. Uh, yeah. And I did this series based on um, me being molested when I was a child. And okay. that was my first series. Oh, and my goodness. I just felt like, I was like, okay, like, hey, you know what? Like, this is in me. I need to get this out. And I don't know why. I was like, oh, this, this is it. This is it. And I called up my friend Heather and I was like, hey, I have a notepad with a bunch of notes on them. Mm -hmm. I have a dog cage and here's my idea. So the whole idea behind the series was about me being molested and how I turned into alcohol, like earlier in my years. Okay. Yes, <laughs> yes. Turned alcohol and how I used alcohol to cope. So my entire photo series was about that very, very traumatic experience. Wow. This is found healing. So you found a healing through bringing it out into the open with your photography. That's absolutely yes. amazing. It's crazy. You out the gate, you're shooting personal projects. <laughs> that... Yeah. You know, and like, I, I look back on it and I just go, why couldn't I just take portraits? <laughs> you know, like, yes. I got a camera and I was just like, you know, I had this camera. It's my third week. I'm going to do this series. And I and I did it. That is amazing. I cried while shooting. Like I'm shooting the photos and I'm crying while taking the photos. And I'm just like, this is going to help someone. And, and here you are. How many years ago was that? Ooh, I want to say it's almost six years ago because I started photography when my oldest 
my oldest son, Storm, was born and he turned six in November. So mm. when he turned six, that's six years of me doing photography, that's six years of me being vegan. A lot happened like when he was born. So, wow. Yeah. So his birthday is literally my anniversary on all of this. Yo, Storm. Storm is his name? Storm, yep. I love that so much. Shout out to Storm. Six years. That's amazing. So after you, so tell me, how did you feel after the project was over? Did you, did it come out like you wanted it to? It came, it came out exactly the way I wanted it to, which at first scared me. Mm. And then um, I started just looking at it and I just went, wow. And like I started, I said, I started to like heal and like feel there was some sense of vulnerability in it. Yes. And it was a vulnerability I didn't know existed within me until I started viewing my own art. Once I started viewing my work, I started to learn more about myself. Ah, so, that's funny how that works. So you shoot the stuff and learn that from what you're shooting. That's actually amazing. Yeah, it's, it's insane. Like a lot of things that I put out I actually, it's almost like an unconscious feeling. I don't remember, most of the times I don't remember doing it. I have like no recollection of like doing it. Um, my partner, Rihanna was literally telling me about that when it came to the, my first novel that I just put out. Um, yes. So when I wrote it, I actually have no memory of it. Really? My partner had to tell me, yeah, my partner said that all I did was sit on the couch, drink coffee, and type. She said, I didn't talk. I didn't talk whatsoever. I just sat on the couch and I just typed. And then next thing you know, the first, she said the first words I said to her was, I wrote a book. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and the book is, this came out, right? So this is recent. Yep. Okay, so let's, yep. let's hold let's hold that thought for a second. Let's come back to the photography. So I want to, mm -hmm. I kind of want to see yes. or hear how you, I guess, develop your skills as a photographer because three weeks out, you shooting a project already. Like, so how did you develop those skills so quickly? Uh, I I wish I knew. Like I like there's some people that ask me like if I took a class. I never took a class. I've never even actually seen a lot of cameras like up close. Josh, Josh Williams is like, he used to take like photos of like my band. And that's like kind of like the closest I really got to cameras. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I ever even had experience with the camera, but for some reason, I just knew what to do. Like, I think I just knew what I wanted to do. Yes. And I kind of, I just kind of did that. So after the series, I just, I kept going. Like yeah. I literally just kept going. And then I did, I did another project called The Painter. Mm -hmm. And for this project, I literally, I painted my best friend, Jamal. I painted him certain colors and I painted my wife at the time certain colors. And I had a wooden like, picture frame yeah and i hung the picture frame up and i had them stand within the picture frame oh wow so they were like 
posing like they were a photograph. So it was a photograph of like them posing for the camera. And that project, I also did like a 30 minute, like I like filmed like the whole process of me like painting them. Oh my gosh. And that series really like made me go, wow. Because at this time I was, I was a signed model at this time. Oh, wow. Really? And I, yeah. And I hated it every, every second of it. I hated it. And, um, I just hated how I always had to pose. I had to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of felt more like a character than a human. So this entire process of this series, I'm capturing all of this Mm. and I'm putting it in the series. Oh. I'm just like, I'm going to paint you a certain way, have you pose a certain way, and then I'm going to put a frame to put you in the picture. Oh, so my like gosh. it all just kind of came in. So that was all kind of not, I guess it wouldn't necessarily be trauma, but that was from your experience, is what you're capturing is how you felt. So you yes. paint them a certain way, pose them a certain way, because you felt like that modeling, and that's why you hated it so much. Wow. That's insane. Yes. Wow. So you're just coming yep. out with personal, this personal projects, all this bouncing off my. Of, that's insane. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then it's like from there, it's just kind of, I kind of like from there, I kind of like took a break and was just like, okay, let me just, let me just see like what else is out in the world. Yes. Like, let me just shoot some photos. So I shot photos for like this band or that band. And I tried, the biggest challenge of that was trying to find myself in it mm. i kind of find myself like connected to it in some way but i just couldn't mm-hmm. and it was tough because some people were like wow like you're so good you're so good so they kept wanting me to do it for them of course they kept wanting me to like take their photos and take their photos and then one day i was just like i'm gonna throw away my camera oh. i don't i don't want this anymore oh my because goodness. I was just like, I was just like, I did not get this camera for this reason. Mm-hmm. It felt wrong. There's people who get the cameras for those reasons. And I was just like, oh my God, like, this is so wrong. Like, I have no connection to this. Like, what am I even doing? Mm. Like, but it's so strange how even from there up until earlier this year, Working with musicians has been kind of like a common thing. I have like a love-hate relationship with musicians. Really? Yeah. I I love music. I love musicians. I love being a musician. Yet I absolutely hate working with musicians. Why is that? Do, you, do they have a certain idea of what they, I guess, what they want yeah. you to do and that you don't really patrol? What, what, what's, what's the deal? I... I think it's because they will message me and they'll go, hey, like, we love your vision. We love your work. But then they would hire me and they would expect me to be this person or that person. A few years ago, I went on a tour, I went on a tour with this band who, like, I'm just not going to name. Okay. But I went on a tour, on a tour with this band and I'm doing their photos and they just was just... They expected me to be like my friend Johnny, who at that time went by Dream Films. Mm-hmm. And he's worked with like 
woe is me and he worked with issues and like oh wow being at, he worked with wrong bands like he you will see a lot of his work in a lot of these bands like videos mm -hmm. and they kind of wanted me to copy his stuff and i went number one i don't photoshop so that's not gonna happen yep. and number two i was just like that's not my work i was just like so i was like and the money's not worth it you're paying me to do something that is not me and i just i couldn't stomach it yeah, absolutely i couldn't I spent, I think I spent that entire tour crying in bathrooms. No way. When they were sleeping in the van. So you're miserable. Yeah. I cried. Yeah. I cried every night. Like I cried all the time, but I was, oh, every night they would go to sleep. I'll go inside the 24 hour Walmart. I'll go to the bathroom and I'll just cry it out oh and I'll come gosh. back out and I'll pretend that, I'll pretend good. that nothing happened. I'm like, oh, sorry. I got wrapped up. Oh my gosh. So the whole time, are they disappointed with what you're putting out or why, what were they saying? Oh, they loved it. They loved it. They loved, they loved every bit of it. They loved the photos. They loved the video. They loved all of it. I just kind of told them like, Hey, look, I'm not going to copy someone. I'm oh, going gotcha. to, yes. I'm, I'm, I was like, I was like, I'm going to do what I do. I will capture I was like, yes, I'm gonna finish this tour, but I'm going to capture life on tour. Yes. I'm not gonna capture these, I'm not gonna capture and Photoshop these crazy moments that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. You know, like people pay and they see you perform, but they don't see you outside of these shows. I want to show that. Yes. And I just kind of didn't take no for an answer. I didn't ask them for a yes, and I didn't take a no for an answer. I just was like, this is what I'm doing. And if you don't like it, you can leave me here in Texas, and I would just try to figure out some <laughs> way back to California. But <laughs> I kind of just put my foot down, and I was just like, that's it. In my head, I'm hoping, like, please don't leave me in Texas. Please don't leave me in Texas. Yeah, yeah. But, but that artist side of me, I was like, hey, you guys could leave me here. And I don't care because this is my work and my name's on it. I want it to be real. Absolutely. And, and that's that's what clients don't think about. It's like when I'm shooting for you, and this is in the industry, painting, whatever. If I'm shooting for something yes. for you and you put it out, what you're putting out represents me. And then I need to be feel yes. good and my work needs to be genuine to me for me to feel happy about it. So, yes. And why, I don't know why clients hire me for work I don't do. That has always baffled me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like, there's been so many times where people will message me like, hey, can you do this, this, and this? And I go, when have I ever done that? Yeah. Exactly. I've never done it. It's not my work. I was just like, they would have me looking at my own page going, did I? And I was like, no, I've never done this before. So why am I being asked to do it? And then there's times where they ask me, and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, sure, I'll try it. And like a lot of my life has really just been, especially with art, has just been me going, ah, fuck it, I'll try it. Yes, and it should be. <laughs> it should be. That. But if sometimes I don't want to. Yeah, no, and and that and that's also okay. And you communicate that with, hey man, like me, I hate weddings. Some people go to my website. There's no weddings on my website. But like, hey, can you shoot my wedding? I'm like, no. Where do you see a wedding on my website? 
Right. Like last week or two weeks ago was the first wedding I shot and I only shot it because it was my best friend's wedding. And I wasn't, I was expecting, I was like, oh, I'm gonna come out and you know, I'll take a few photos, like blah, blah, blah. And then next, you know, I get there and me and Rhiannon are the wedding photographers. So I was like, wait, when did this happen? Oh my God. Wait, I never, I was like, I never even shot a wedding before, but we ended up doing it. Oh <laughs> um, my God. We ended up doing it, but it's just like, I, there's time, I'm, I'm just like, oh, that's... I just, oh. I uh, when it comes to when it comes to photos, there's just sometimes I'm just like, uh, that's why I had to retire cold shots. I had to retire it because I started to hate photography. Yo, real shit. My own work. I, yeah, I re I retired it. Mm -hmm. It hit a point where I felt like I maybe i put myself in a box maybe other people put me in a box mm -hmm. i don't know but there was a box created and coda shots was the name on the box i remember that yes. so so there was a specific style like you knew exactly what to expect a black and white photo this or that like i created a certain style for myself and then it became all that i was and then I started to just hate everything. So I did one last video mm -hmm. for a musician. And then he messaged me two days later and was like, hey, let's shoot. And I went, oh, I'm sorry. I just traded all of my digital gear for a film camera. Oh my God. No way. Traded it all. Just like that. Mm -hmm. And done. I had the camera. Yeah. And I worked for six years to get this digital camera, but it hit a point where I went, nope. And I, I traded it. I went to the local store. I traded, I said, I don't want this anymore. Keep it away from me. Traded for a film camera and Coda Shots was dead. And oh. I've never been happier. And so, <laughs> and so this was recent then? Recent. Wow. So you traded in the film. And so, it, good. Uh, it's 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 been a long time coming. This is it's something I've thought about since Shia was born. Okay. So about yeah, like he's two now. So about yeah, two years ago, um, right before he was born, I just I had just had to stroke. Yes. And the doctor was like, oh, you're never going to be able to write or do photography again. You're not going to be able to walk again. And I was like, ah, we'll see. I, 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 I'm going to try this out. Mm -hmm. But um, I have a photo book called Home Invasion. Mm -hmm. And that that photo book, it's called Home Invasion, Nine Months of Homelessness. And that entire thing, it's really about, because me and Rihanna, we were living in Oakland and uh our roommate was being our roommate she stopped paying rent etc we ended up having to live in a car oh my god i remember you telling me that yeah and, yeah and then while we're living in the car found out we're expecting so we're in the car this entire pregnancy and the concept of a home started to kind of seem different you okay. know like I would see people leave their homes. I'll see people go home. 
And during the day, you know, I'm working full time. She's working. So like during the day, everyone's out, everyone's out, everyone's at work, everyone's living. And then suddenly it's nighttime and everyone goes home and we're in the car still. And we're just like, what? So the whole photo book is about my vis like my concept of home and looking at houses going, wow, I'm out, I'm on the outside looking in. I wonder what it's like to be on the other end. So that entire photo book is about that. It's about homelessness and looking at a home going, wow, how nice is it to be able to go home? And oh thinking, I hope one day I can experience that. And here you are again with the personal projects. That's funny because- Always. Not funny, it was word, bad, word search, bad word choice. But it's interesting how you think of that something so genuine for some people and something so common to be such really a big deal for you to be able to go to a place and have sanctuary yeah. and safety and something so common and how we take that for granted and not everyone has that. So that's that's wild. Right. It's it's so it's so strange because when I was a child there was a point in time where I remember me, my brothers, my sisters, my mom, we lived at a homeless shelter in Glendale called Project Achieve. It's crazy that I still remember that. Mm -hmm. um, but I remember this because I had no idea we were homeless. Like I knew we was at a shelter, but it is truly the happiest I think I've ever been as a child. Really? Living in this shelter. Yeah, it was the happiest I've ever been as a child. Me and my brothers and my sisters and my mom, we were close, we were talk, we would laugh. There was this sense of we're together, we're mm -hmm. okay. So I, and I saw how when we finally got a place of our own, that just kind of disappeared, you know? So, I started to just kind of go, why is it, like as a child, why is it that when we have these things, the human connection disappears? Mm. Why, like, like, why is this? So I've always kind of had this like, I've always had this very strange view of the world. Mm. So when so it's crazy how that was that was like my happiest time as a child and even when i think about home invasion and i think about that entire project i still tell people that those nine months and it was hell yeah those nine months outside of current day the happiest time of my that was the happiest time of my adulthood I had this sense of freedom mm. in a way. I worked full time and I said, I slept in a car and I was just like, you know, I got to hear the rain so close and personal. Yes. Yeah. And I got to feel the wind when it was cold. I was really cold when it was hot. I was really hot. And Yet I saw people take these other things for granted, same way I saw it as a child. So home invasion was really this like, for me, it was this, 
this is kind of like, wow, 20 something years and society still hasn't changed. Wow. We still take these things for granted. That is, you know, when you mentioned you being happy, connected, all that with your family back in the day, it's like, since you don't have that physical home, you find a home in each other. You know what I'm saying? And that's what kind of brings you closer together because that's what you have. Then you have these material things that kind of, they, they have some, they they disconnect you from the, from those things that mean the most to us, but you know, we're just distracted. Yes. Yes. And it's like, yeah, when we were in the shelter, we talked all the time. Mm. But then we went from a shelter to like an apartment, from an apartment to a little house, till when I was like 16, we had this super big house. Mm. And my brother's in his room, my sister's in her room, mm. my little brother is minding his own. Everyone is separate. Yes. And I just kind of always just like, do we still like each other? <laughs> yes. We don't talk anymore. Yes. Like I was like, I was like, we don't talk anymore. None of us talk anymore. And then we became strangers. Mm. To this day, none of us speak. None of us speak. I don't have a relationship with my mother. Uh, my sister, we talk every blue moon. Yeah. My little brother, same thing. Older brother, same thing. None of us talk. We kind of in many ways, you swear we were all single, like single childs. You would think we were the only childs or the only kids. Yeah. Because none of us, there's no sense of closeness or family. Wow. Whatsoever. That is unfortunate. So when you're shooting this project, Home Invasion, did it kind of bring back some of those good, I guess, bad memories as well? The Free Pizza Podcast is sponsored by Zipster, specializing in custom websites and local design. You don't have to lift a finger to look cool online. Visit Zipster.com and see what they can do for you. So when I was shooting Home Invasion, I there was uh, there was this one day, and it was in it was in Pacific Grove, California, mm-hmm. and. I saw this father and his two kids. I saw a father and his two kids walking from the beach into their house and his kids hug him and they go inside. Like before they walk inside, he hugs them and they go inside. Mm-hmm. And I sat there and there was just something about that that really screwed me up. I was just like, they, I was like, they have a house and they're so close. Wow. You know, yeah. like me, in order for my family to be close, we had to live at a shelter. We couldn't live in a home and be close. We had to not, we have to be forced into one space to be close. The only sense of closeness I had was through tragedy and trauma mm. and a lot of this stuff, a lot of these very unfortunate things I'm so grateful for because they really shaped my art. They shaped who I am as a person where it's just like this year is the first year. It's so weird to say, you know, I have kids, but this year was the first year that anyone has been able to touch, like even touch my back without me flipping out. Oh, wow. 
And it's because the only sense of closeness I had outside of family was honestly, it was, it was rape. I was, I was raped. And that's how mm. that's, that was my association with being touched. Yes. So a lot, so the closest relationship I've ever had with anything was art. Right. Right. Art, art gave me my humanity back. Wow. That is, that is powerful shit. Like yeah. absolutely powerful. You know, this <laughs> see, well, just hearing that and then seeing your work, it connects it so much, you know, so, so, so much better. You know what I'm saying? And I definitely, I, I thank you so much for sharing that story, you know, on the, on the show. This is, it means a lot to me that you, uh, you're so open to that. I mean, it's, I mean, it shaped who you are, oh, you know, yeah. so it make it makes sense of why, you know, it makes sense of why you share it, but that's still something very powerful to share. So, um, mm -hmm. I'm curious though. So when did the writing come into play? Cause you you mean you wrote the book recently, so, but you write before that. Oh yeah. So my first run in with writing was in seventh grade at Henry Clay middle school. Mm. I had, uh, I had a British teacher named Mr. Coppersmith, and I remember I first thought that name was really fake, but it was his real name. <laughs> um, I was really, I was really angry, and to be so young and angry to some people made no sense. Although I knew why I was angry. I was angry. I'm like in seventh grade. I'm angry at the fact that people throw trash on the ground when the trash can is right there. I'm angry at how we treat the environment. I'm angry about how we treat each other. I'm angry at my family because we don't speak mm. because you no, know, we're no longer in a shelter. I'm angry at all these things that I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. So I'm just angry because I'm just thinking, what's the point of any of this? So having an existential crisis at like seventh grade, you know, I'm just really like, there's just so much going on. And then my t and then Mr. Coppersmith goes, you know, you should you should write poetry. And I was just like, I've never wrote a poem in my life. <laughs> my mom was a poet. Really? But I was just like, yo, I never wrote a fucking poem in my life. And I was just like, nor do I have an interest in it. I don't know how to do it. And I was just like, and I'm not going to sit here and write about birds flying past my window. No, thanks. <laughs> and he was just like, just try it. <laughs> and I was just like, Jesus fucking Christ, fine, whatever. <laughs> and then I wrote my first poem. And... That poem was called, I believe it was called Tears of a Child. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea what I was even writing. That's right. what I, the unconsciousness. But in that poem, I'm talking about how no one hears the kid cry because you tell the kid to stop crying. Yes. So the kid learns to not cry around you. Mm -hmm. so, so it was about how the kids cry and you will never know if the kids cry or when they cry or why they cry because you just tell them not to. Exactly. And he read it and he went, oh, and then he shared it with my history teacher. And then my history teacher shared it with the principal. And it was like, you got to do this contest. And I was just like, nigga, I didn't want anyone to know I wrote this. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's anonymous. <laughs> Yeah, like I was like, oh my God. And then, so I, I started writing like here and there, but then I was in eighth grade when I took it real serious because I 
I had a teacher who he taught creative writing mm-hmm. and he showed us Def Jam poetry. Yes, yes. And it was one of the first times in my life that I've ever been touched by anything in a pleasant way. <laughs> oh, man, Lee. Yes. And I'm, I'm watching these poets and I went, holy shit, I want to do this. So every, I wrote, I wrote a poem every day. And I, cause I found out I was too young to go on Def Jam Poetry. So I was like, I'm gonna write a poem every day until I'm old enough to go on. And I did, Ooh. seven days a week. I wrote a poem every day. Wow. Training myself for the day I get to go on Def Jam Poetry. And then when I was of age, the show canceled. Oh <laughs> my gosh, are you serious? Yes. Yeah, the show was canceled when I was of age and I went, Oh well, <laughs> the fuck that, am I supposed to do? That is insane. So, yeah, it sucked. And then I started just writing songs here and there that I didn't expect to become like become anything. And most of them didn't until I met Jamal and we formed a band. And then, yeah, you know, I started writing songs for there. And then that was real great. But then there was something limiting about it. I only have five minutes, up to five minutes to say whatever, to describe whatever tornado that's going on inside my mind. I have five minutes to say what it is. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I got to get back to writing poetry. I got, and I, I've always wanted to write a novel since I was a child. I read Treasure Island. Yes. And I was like, oh my God, so I, I, need, I need to write, you know, so. I was just like, one day I write a novel. One day I write a novel, and my mom was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever, you know, <laughs> just like moms do. And then, yeah, like she never believed in anything I wanted to do until I did it, and then all of a sudden she was like, oh yes, oh yeah, go to Coda, and I was like, um, Great. no, 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 <laughs> no, let's not go, right? So. I started, I started writing and writing and writing. And then I was like, ah, maybe I'll write a poetry book. I doubt it. Never. Right. And when I wrote, when I wrote my first published work, which was forever, maybe not always, um, I wrote that while I was living in the car. Oh, so while no. I was living in the car, yeah, while I was living in the car, I started writing it. And I only started writing it. Uh, <laughs> I usually never tell people this story, but um, yes, one we day, get it exclusive. Me, <laughs> so this is here it is. So me, Rhiannon, we was reading Milk and Honey, right? Okay. And I was like, this, I was like, this is so good, but I was like, I hate this. I was like, I hate every piece of this, but I like it. I was just like, but I was like, I like the pro style. I never heard of prose poetry before. And I was just like, you know, I was like, I could probably write this. I was like, that way I don't have to dive too deep into what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. And while I'm living in a car, I'm also going through a divorce. And I was just like, I'm just going to write. So forever, maybe not always was literally instead of writing all the bad things and feelings I had about the marriage I was in, I decided to only write about the good. 
I was like, we have storm and I'm never going to bash you. I was like, I'm never going to do that. Sometimes relationships just don't work and that's that. Mm -hmm. So the book was kind of just like a tribute to all the things I loved about this person. And it was in the style of prose poetry. And I only did prose poetry because I was just so upset at Rupi Kaur. <laughs> I was so upset at Rupi Kaur. And I was just like, fuck yeah, I'm gonna do this too. And then that happened. And then you did it. <laughs> That's how the first part And I did it. I wrote the book maybe two weeks. And two when weeks. When I write, yeah, when I write, I just kind of go full mental and I just like go all the way in. And like, I don't stop. Like I, Rhiannon has seen me write a book in one day because oh. I will sit down and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna do this. And then I see it all the way through. And when it's done, it's done. And I said, go, well, that's that. What? So nonchalant? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious. I go, that's that. So how are you able to, and so quickly, how are you able to, what's your creative process of getting this done so fast, but also efficiently? <clears throat> I think, I think when you sit with things for a long time and not necessarily going, I'm going to do this project, I'm going to sit with it. But when you, it's like, so no one knows me the way I know myself. Mm -hmm. And I sit with all of my experiences and I sit with all these thoughts and feelings. I sit with them at all times and before, I used to just kind of push them away until one day I just kind of let them all in. And I was like, I need to understand all of this. If I'm ever going to be a decent human, I need to understand all the indecent things that happened to me. Um, so I sat with these things for years and years and years, all these feelings. So when I decide to sit down and do something, I, I yeah, I just, I just kind of go all in. I just kind of go, okay. I'm going to write this now. And when this is finished, I'm going to be this next version of myself. I'm going to, in order for me to get past this, I have to face it. Right. I, do, I have to face it in order for me to, you know, to grow. So how I'm able to write and write a book in 24 hours or how I was able to do photo projects in a week or so it's because i know myself mm -hmm. i know how things felt i know how things happened so i've been through the worst of it now i have to release it yes so it's just kind of like okay i'm dedicated i'm dedicated to growth and i'm dedicated to my growth and my healing and i'm dedicated to helping other people heal and these are things that aren't seen or talked about or really glorified, you know, like, and so because of that, so many people are afraid to be human. Yes. They're so afraid of it because we're kind of, we're kind of told not to be human, you know, so, but some people are afraid of it. So I'm like, okay, you know, it's like that quote, oh, be the change you want to see in the world. Yeah. I mean, I go on about my opinions of the person, but I won't. But that quote <laughs> itself, I was just like, you know, <laughs> I was just like, 
you know, if this is what I want to see in the world, it starts with me. I was like, which is fortunate and unfortunate at the same time. But well, I'm here. And while I'm here, I'm going to do this. And so my creative process really is not denying my humanity. Yo. Being 100% human. I love that. And that's a problem with most people is that they're not 100% human. You're absolutely correct. And they're on some sort of, I don't know, people are very disconnected with themselves. And I guess I don't know if it's social media. I don't know if it's the media. I don't know if it's a pressure from just society. But right knowing yourself and you know you said it perfectly knowing yourself and not being afraid of knowing yourself and learning about yourself is really a powerful thing that people need to do more of yes wow wow so how have you have you combined this photo and writing endeavors together at all ever um yeah um very briefly and all of the work there's very briefly like for like all my photos i mean for like all my books the photo cover or whatever is a photo and there's a meaning behind that photo mm. and that the book kind of explains that photo etc um so it's kind of like little like little things like that but the strange thing about all of my work is if you put them all together, it's still, it's one story. Mm-hmm. They're all, they're all a piece of the puzzle. There's just, there's certain things in my photography that I can't convey through words or through paintings. And there's certain things through my paintings that I can't describe in other ways. So there's certain feelings that I can only express in certain mediums. Yes. But all of it is one. All of it is just me as a human. So when I pass and people look at all this, if people decide to do that for some reason, <laughs> they will understand. <laughs> like it's, they just go, hmm, I just, I'm going to look into Dakota's work. They will see, they will get the full picture. Right. You can't get the full picture if you only stare at the frame. Ooh. Each part individually is the frame put together. You get the entire picture. Yes. Yeah. And that's how I learned about myself. Like I there's certain things that like I was just like, oh well, I guess I have to do this now because I found out through my art. Through my I so I actually never intended to come out publicly. Never intended to do so. What happened was I painted and it's my last painting that I'd done. And it's my biggest painting that I'd done. And then, and, and I paint abstract expressionism. So there's no like figure, you know? There's just colors and shapes and strokes and et cetera. And then I looked at it and I went, shit. Mm. I was just like, I was like, I have to come out. I was like, that's what this painting is. This entire painting is, I, I saw my entire life and journey and confused, I saw all of it in this painting. Mm-hmm. And I went, I went, shit, here we go. Oh, and then that wow. day. That so day I'm guessing that's an abstract painting you did. Yes. But see, and that's what I love talking to abstract artists. I try to talk to them as much as I can just to 
because a lot of people don't understand how abstract art works. But a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of the times, what you see on the canvas or the print, whatever you see out in public, is that you see something that you see something that they see that you don't see all the time. You know, and that's what makes it so powerful. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people just yes. are very confused how abstract art works, but I'm glad you said that that's what led you to come out because you saw something in that piece that was like, okay, yeah. this is it. Yeah. Yo. Yep. And whenever I paint, it's the same process that everything else that I do is I have no idea what I'm going to create. My body and my mind and my spirit and my energy says, find this way to do. I kind of. I kind of have no choice. Mm-hmm. I, I have no choice in in the medium that's chosen or what's created. I don't really have a choice. This is very unconscious. Where my body and my mind, it also takes over and it does what it does. And I have to see the after effect. Mm. I never I've never any book I've published. I've never read while writing it or before putting it out. I've only read my work after it's published and I buy a copy and then I learn about myself what? through my books. That's and yeah, it's, that's it so mental. The sound it's so it's so backwards almost. Yes. Like with my photography, I never know what I'm going to shoot or why I'm going to shoot it. I just see finished product. Mm -hmm. And then I learn about myself. Same thing I said with the books. I don't read or edit. I don't read or edit. I sit down, kind of black out. I come (laughs) back and there is my book in the mail. And I just go, well, I guess I'm going to read this. And then I learn about myself. It's same thing with painting, et cetera. It's like, I said that I did that painting and I went, oh, so that's what's about to happen. I'm about to come out. Oh, okay. I, and before, and right when I even grasped what was happening, the status was already out. Yeah. Yeah. So in a way during this blackout, not only was the painting finished, and the reason behind the painting, the status was already posted. Oh my god! So when I came back to reality, I had a painting, and it had a status, and I went, "Oh shit!" Uh, well, uh, oops, <laughs> cast off the bag. <laughs> oh my goodness, that is insane! I love that. That makes that is phenomenal. That's truly so having. It's, it's a- always the first for me that's truly having a connection to your work which is so nice mm-hmm. yes. wow. wow 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 yeah i'm saying it's always a first connection to me um rhiannon she had she had given me a bookmark she had made me a bookmark and on this bookmark there was this quote and it said nothing really happens when you hide yourself from the world mm. and i read the bookmark and i'm like wow I said, this is such a beautiful quote. Where is this from? And she looks at me and she goes, that's yours. Oh my gosh, Dakota. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I I just sat there and I went, oh. I was like, I 
can't wait to read this. I was like, this, was, this, was like, I was this, like, this shit's fire. This book sounds great. Who wrote it? You. Oh. Yeah, I wrote that there. I was like, nothing really happened when you hide yourself from the world. Oh my God, this is so beautiful. Where is this from? And she went, it's from nothing. She went, it's from nothing really happens. You know, your novel. And I went, Ooh. <laughs> oh my god that is next Can't wait to level read it. that is hilarious <laughs> jesus so i'm going to yep. your current work i'm jumping back and forth between your writing and your photo um which <laughs> yeah, hearing yes. hearing how you got into that is amazing so thank you for sharing that but so to talk about this current work because you don't you your 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 old photos aren't on your site anymore you don't have a website you're kind of going all all film now all film. So tell us about how that journey is going. The photos are absolutely beautiful. The photos you have up are gorgeous. Uh, thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. So my film work, this is the first time ever that I've enjoyed photography. Mm. Um, so it feels weird not being this angry artist <laughs> anymore. So it's just like, I'm like, oh, the trauma's gone. The fuck do I create now? And, you know, that was the main question and fear. But uh, with, yeah, all my work is all film now. And I I broke down my work. I, I really figured out the point and message behind all of it a few days ago, actually. And because I was telling Rhiannon, I lately I've been shooting a lot of, like, pro-America, Americana style things. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, why is this? I'm not a fan of this country. Why is this happening? Yes. And then, and then I sat there and I went, oh, and it, it was revealed to me. Uh, my Americana work, the reason behind it is we live in a very different reality than, you know, other people. We we have a different we have a different reality. So there's so many people who are pro America, you know, pro America. America's the greatest country on earth. This is this, and they're celebrating. They're waving their American flags, and they're just like, oh, I love this place. And I was like, wow, I live in fear almost every day. Every day. So I there's yeah. So there's something strange about the concept of America and pro-America. So my Americana work is really just this kind of this same like home invasion approach where it's just like, I want to live in an America you guys are talking about. Mm -hmm. You guys have your flags up and I want, I wonder what it's like to live there because I've never been. Yes. So it's once again on the outside looking in. So that's that work that I'm like posting now that's the work that I'm posting now. And there's going to be so much work after I go and get developed. Um, and I'm already working on my main project. And this project is, oh yeah, no, this project is what I'm very excited about. It's, there's two actually. So another yes. exclusive. Yes. <laughs> there's two projects. I'm yes, working please. On. Um, the first one is called Portraits. Portraits. Like, Portraits. Oh! And, and it's, um, 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I All like right, so, that. I like that. So I'm doing that. And with that project, I am going to every state in America. I'm going to, and in those states, I'm going to the richest part of that state and the poorest part of that state. And I'm capturing the environment. Oh. It's, so every state, I'm going to the richest part and the poorest part. And I'm doing that for every state. Oh my And it's just kind of goes... This is kind of goes like, this is the same state. Yes. But yet, people live so differently based on what? Capitalism? Because this person has more money? Yes. You know, my landlord and I, we talked for six hours one day. And he was telling me how he grew up poor and how he feels that he's not smart or he's not this or he's not that because there's people here who have more money than him and they look down on him. And I was just like, how stupid is that? They're like, because someone has more money, they will look at you differently. You get a different style of life. You don't get the nice part. So portraits is really capturing the people and the environment of the richest and poorest parts of every state so that's yeah. that work that's gonna yeah. take honestly years that's years but imagine the end result of that after you put in all that years. work and that's travel gonna that's gonna be rewarding as hell oh yes like i'm i'm is that gonna be in the book oh, yeah. i'm so excited for that I'm, that's, oh. it's gonna be a book i think i think from now on i am only going to do books and galleries that's it Yes. That's it. I am with it. You said galleries? Yes. 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 I tell you what, if you tell that's, me that's all I want to do. Yes. If you tell me these showings are, I will make a way to see them. I have to see them. Oh my gosh. Ah. Oh god. I'm, I'm, I, be, I'm so excited. I am going to be so excited. Yo. Oh yeah, and my second Yes, yeah, so it's the second one. That's the second one. Oh man. I my second one, I have not came up with a title yet, but it is going to be photos and writing, and it's going to be not even my writing, but I'm going to, I'm literally conducting interviews with trans people, trans women, trans men, and the entire work is going to be on how they view life. Oh wow! It's gonna be the focus is strictly gonna be on trans people. It's gonna be their life, their words, like their stories, and I'm going to allow them to tell their stories. Yeah. I'm gonna allow them to tell their stories, and I'm going to capture their lives. And that way, because you know, people always try to create the narrative for us. Mm. You know, they always try to create the narrative for trans always you know i was telling rihannon earlier today how based on my appearance i will either be invalidated as a trans person or someone will invalidate another trans person based on my appearance because unless you hit certain milestones that other people view or think you should hit you're not trans enough yes so this book is really having trans people go, hey, we're valid. And it doesn't matter if we hit this milestone or that milestone. I, and like, that's, 
it's important for trans people. It's very important for me because even me up until six days, I struggled with my own transness because I was just like, oh, like people, like I felt invalidated. Oh, I'm not trans enough because I haven't started estrogen yet or because I haven't had surgery, this, that. And that's because society tells you that you have to hit a certain milestone before you're considered trans enough. Oh so my this gives the this gives the work and the power back to trans people so they can stop being invalidated. And it's so important, you know, like oh, it's wow. bigger than me. It's so much bigger than me. It's so important because I see so many trans people and like in photography, you don't see trans people. No, you don't really, you know, you don't, you don't see trans people as models. You don't see them as photographers. You don't see trans people as people and when you do. Mm hmm. Right. And it's just like, and when you, when you do see the trans people, either being the models, et cetera, it's other people giving you the narrative. Yes, absolutely. So this, this is by trans people for trans people and people who support, of course, obviously. Yes. <laughs> oh my but gosh. This work, this work is for the people. I'm just imagining this project and I'm always I'm I'm already flipping through the pages just being mesmerized. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I do the same thing in my head. I'm like Yes. Dakota, this is my friend Daisy. My friend Daisy, who I talk about like the most. I literally dedicated I found out that I wrote the dedication to Daisy. Um she has helped me so much during this journey and she is such an incredible woman mm. and she's the first model who i confirmed for this project there's more people but she was the first one i confirmed yes for this project and i was just like oh i am going to cry because i love her so much i am going to ball shout out to daisy Yes, always shout to Daisy. <laughs> I love, I love, yeah. I love. This is I'm I'm excited. Your future is looking so bright, so bright. So in in about the trends, uh, the transitioning with trans life, what you're going through right now. We're going to talk about that on the Daniel White show to get more details. Yes, because I want to have a full yes. other episode just for that because there's a lot of misinformation that a lot of us, including me, don't know um, about you know, the process of that. So, but oh, I yeah. thank you for sharing that with me through your art as well. Uh -huh. you doing that, that's, oh, yes. yeah. that's phenomenal that you found that we, you felt comfortable enough to come out because of the art. That is, that is next level. Awesome. Yes, yes, yes. So question before we um, end things, I'm curious, is a podcast still a thing? You had like two, didn't you? The Free Pizza Podcast is proudly sponsored by Lucky House MFG. Lucky House is an eco-friendly screen printing and design studio with over 10 years of experience in the industry. They offer high-quality custom printing services, including apparel printing, graphic design, promo goods, and embroidery. Visit www.luckyhousemfg.com to get a quote and to learn more. Yeah, okay, so... I had my first podcast was with one of my old friends who's like a brother. Uh, that was a TBD podcast. And I left that podcast. And then I had Here Now Well with Rhiannon. Yes. I left TBD uh, just because I was just like, there was just something. 
I knew that there was more in me mm-hmm. that I need to get out. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't able to on that show. Here now, wow, it's still a thing. Things are a bit slow on that end. You haven't done an episode in like a year. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, that's because, you know, Life there's something going on. Yeah. But uh, Fresh Brewed Coffee podcast yes. is still a thing. I'm, cur- I'm currently on break because I felt wrong mm. doing episodes during a pandemic. When this first thing started and like, Everyone for you know the first day at home orders and you had people who were just like, Oh, if you don't leave this with a new job or like a new business, you're wasted this time. Blah, this blah. Is the, yeah, this is the prime time for content pushing. And I was just like, people are scared. I don't feel right trying to market off that or using their fear as a way to boost my numbers. Right. So, you know, the activist in me, I was just like, nope, I'm on strike. I'm on break. Uh, the network is pissed. I'm just going to say that. The network is very pissed oh, off. Oh, shit, really? But, yeah, but I don't care. Okay. You know, like, people first. People first, always. Always. Like, I don't, I don't feel right going... You know, putting these episodes and I like go like, oh, like everything's okay or this or that's or like, or it's like, I don't have the answers for people and people start coming to me for the answers when it comes to fresh food coffee. They'll come to me for like, like questions and, you know, and ask me about the answers, but I don't have answers for people currently. I just don't. I, I can't answer these questions. I can't tell you everything's going to be okay. I can't break down the philosophy, like, you know, like the whole philosophy behind all of this, I, I can't do it currently. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to fake it and I'm not going to capitalize on your fear. Mm. So Fresh Brew Coffee still is a thing. It's just currently on hiatus. Yes, and for good reason. I'm glad you explained that because there's, there's truly a lot going on right now in the world, especially in the United States. Political stuff, the tension, yes. the racial stuff, the pandemic. It's just, I, I understand that wholeheartedly. Yes. With oh my gosh, Dakota, this has been <laughs> a treat, <sighs> an ultimate treat. And I feel like there's so much more I could go into with you. I tell people all the time: if you have any further questions, please contact the artists because you can dive deeper. But you know, we try to get the the highlights yeah. of it on this show. If I could talk to you for five more hours, <laughs> I would. But you know. Oh yes. Can go on. <laughs> yes, forever. But no, we'll sit down again on the Daniel White show. Talk about this your your your, your process through the transitioning. Because I want to get details about that. But for this oh, show, yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> Whatever, do you, well, give us your information. Um, all your content information and where you're on, online and everything. Okay, on Twitter, I am Champ VX. On my personal Instagram, I am Champ VX. Yes. My photography page is called American Views with a Z yes. instead of an S. And that is because the person who has American Views with an S posts pictures of monster trucks with American flags and it hasn't <laughs> posted in three years. So I can't have it. And I'm really upset about it. Oh but it's American Views with a Z. So that's my photo page, ChampVX on basically everything else so Dakota wants you to go to Instagram and report that page so he can get the name (laughs) please please if you guys take away anything from this episode please just report American views with an S 
uh, get the paycheck now so I can have it with the S because I hate the Z. Mr. <laughs> deserves it. Oh my gosh. You, you have anything for sale? Any books or anything? Oh shit. Yes. Um, my debut novel, Nothing Really Happens, yes. is out now on Amazon. So you can go on Amazon and type Dakota Patterson or you can go on my social medias and the link is there. Um, I believe Home Invasion is still for sale on barnesandnoble.com. Crazy. That is, ins- um, that is insane. Yeah, I'm, I'm always so happy about that. I'm, I'm so happy about that always. <laughs> Round of applause. So, yeah, so if you go on Barnes & Noble, you type Dakota Patterson, my books will be there. Amazon, same thing. Uh, I sell prints. I don't have a website or anything. But direct, we but can come to you. Me. Yeah, if you come directly to me or message me, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is the prints I have and this and that. And I literally ship them the next day. I sign them and I date them and mm-hmm. I ship them the next day now. Like, yes. Because I finally bought a printer. Yes. So, yep. That is amazing. Oh my gosh, that's awesome! I'm actually, I'm actually trying to make that investment very soon myself. So I'm, I'm gonna follow your footsteps oh, on that one. Walmart. Yes. Oh, good point. I got mine at, I got mine at Walmart for like a hundred and twelve dollars, maybe. Oh, that's super cheap. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a Canon Pixma. Yeah. I think it's called. Okay. But okay. yeah, it's like a hundred and twelve. Yes. I think. That's very for it to be a hundred. Oh yeah, it's it and it's good. It, it's really, I'm really happy about it. Okay, well, yes, please support Dakota. Um, well deserved. Everything you have achieved, have achieved, well deserved. Your story is so important and powerful, and it's now the part of free pizza journey. So I'm so grateful for you. <laughs> oh, so happy! I waited so long I know. <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry it took me so long, but I made my way to you. No, it is okay. Because yes. I think that episode is so much... I feel like I have so much more to offer now than I did then. So exactly. I'm really happy. Exactly. So. Exactly. Well, thank you for your time. Thank you for your time. Um, yes, yeah, so follow him. Support him. If you have any questions, please ask Dakota. Amazing human. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And guys, that is it. So support free pizza, subscribe, rate, review, all the cool things. Buy high brew coffee because I want to feed myself and not starve. (laughs) And we are out of here. Thank you, T. Bye. The free pizza podcast. We are on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. Just go on the Google app store. Go on everywhere. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook. MySpace, Live Journal, Twitter, we tweet. We'll do smoke sniggles, whatever y'all need. Thank y'all so much. Have a good night.